Ernest Henry Shackleton was born February 15, 1874 in Ireland. And while Shackleton was still young, the family moved to London where he was educated. Ernest's father wanted him to follow in his footsteps and become a doctor, but instead Shackleton joined the Merchant Navy at the age of 16. As a sailor, he traveled to many places, but his great desire was to travel to the North and South Poles. And in December of 1914, Shackleton finally set sail for the South Pole in command of the ship Endurance. And he took with him a crew of 27 men, many of whom had answered the following recruitment notice Shackleton placed in the newspaper. Men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. So many men responded to the ad that Shackleton had to turn more than a few away. <laughs> and I've often thought that a similar disclaimer ought to be on our baptism certificates when you choose to become a follower of Christ. Because the call to Christianity is similar to Shackleton's ad in that we are invited to risk-taking mission and service. In our series, The Five Practices of a Fruitful Congregation, based on Robert Snazy's book, he suggests that he suggests risk-taking mission and service is described as those projects, the efforts and work people do to make a positive difference in the lives of others for the purpose of Christ, whether or not they will ever be a part of your faith community, is exactly what the church is called to. This service is not just an addition to our faith life, but is at the very heart of what it is to be Christian. Doing mission and service work isn't just a nice thing for us Christians to do. It's something we need to do. It's something that we must do. It is our, the very reason why God has put us here and called us together as the church. In fact, as Sneezy says, that a church will die if it is not doing the kind of mission and service work that Jesus talked about and demonstrated. The church will die without mission. Maybe not overnight, but it will die slowly and surely. It will gradually waste away as all of its energies and resources turn more and more inward on itself and the church becomes merely a monument to the work and witness of saints gone by. We're called to usher in, to announce, to revel in the kingdom of God, the reign of God. Just as uh, Jesus in the synagogues read this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's, he's quoting Isaiah here. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind and to let the oppressed go free, 
to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And immediately following this, he rolls up the scroll and he says, Today in your hearing, this has been fulfilled. Jesus has commissioned us to bring this about. Saying that all that you need to make that happen is given to you through Christ. Every reference to the kingdom of God echoes this sentiment. Jesus came not to talk about heaven. So often we think we hear the word kingdom of God. We think this has to do about uh, with things, uh, you know, after we die. And is talking about heaven. Jesus is almost, here's, here's some Bible education. Jesus is almost never talking about heaven. Jesus is always talking about the world we live in here and now. And Jesus has come to declare the kingdom of God is at hand now in the lives and the work of his church. We pray that great prayer Jesus taught us. We commit to God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What I think Jesus is ultimately getting at here is that we have been commissioned to carry on this work of bringing in the reign of God, the kingdom of God. It is up to us. Oftentimes we, we dwell and we worry about the, the issues of hell and heaven and salvation or not, but... I think what Jesus tries to tell us in his word is that as long as people go hungry, we live in hell. As long as there are those who lack basic resources, we live in hell. As long as the stranger remains a stranger, hell goes on. And as long as the, the oppressed remain oppressed, hell goes on unabated and unstopped. But when we extend ourselves... To the least of these, heaven shines in our midst. We stand up for justice. We are experiencing the kingdom of God. And when we make the stranger a friend, heaven grows on earth. And when we feed the hungry and provide for the needy, we are fulfilling God's will on earth as it is in heaven. For the most part, I have to say, every church does some kind of mission work or, or certainly feels the call. And certainly this church also has a long history of being a missionally minded church. But I think the key here for us and for the world we live in today is the risk-taking part. For so long within the church, particularly American Baptist churches, our mission work uh, revolved around writing a check for the most part. And I got to say, there's nothing wrong with this. This is needed. Uh, there are people out there working on our behalf who need our, our partnership by sharing of our resources. I don't want to negate that contribution. But I also have to say that's pretty safe. And that's, uh, that, that isolates us. We're pretty far removed from the mission work when we do that. And, you know, a step in the right direction is the CanCan project. We've been, we, every month we pick a new project where we go out and purchase things and support them. But I also have to say that's, that's still a pretty safe project. It's a step in the right direction. 
But we're, here we are in this nice, safe atmosphere. There's not a lot of risk-taking involved there. Often, uh, I believe that it is this instinct to play it safe that keeps us out of, keeps the, the reign of God out of reach for the church. Um, I, 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 in thinking about this, I think the best analogy I have is, is that, you know, we have issues of homelessness and, and panhandling that goes on with people in poverty and people who are homeless. And it's this instinct to keep it safe that keeps panhandlers at the off-ramps of the freeway. You know, how many of you experienced that? Someone at the freeway with a, looking for a handout. You know, everyone complains about this. And yet, there they are. And I, I got to tell you, I've, I've known a lot of homeless people and they wouldn't be there if it didn't work. <laughs> you know, they wouldn't be there if this was not the best way to accomplish their goal. And the reason it works is because it is such an easy way for us to feel like we're doing something and yet not really doing anything. In fact, these good people, it's drive up, it's drive up service, right? It's drive up feel good service. They're, they're out there working, providing a service for you and me. The service is that we can drop a couple of bucks and we feel like we've done something good. But you know in your heart of hearts that this does not solve any problems. But it's the easy thing to do. Not only is this not risk-taking mission and service, but it's just not a solution to the problem. Give money away or don't give money away. That doesn't... I don't care if you give them money or don't give them money. But either way, the problem goes on. And the problem does not get resolved. Risk-taking mission and service says, how can I educate myself to the real issues of homelessness? It asks, what are the real needs and how can I be a contributor? It asks, where can I go that would open my eyes and teach me to be effective? How can I get my hands dirty? How can I understand, and it begins with this, how can I really understand where these folks are and what their issues are? Because i got to tell you, if you're like me, the instinct is just to turn your... You don't even want to know that part of the world exists, really. To be, we want to have beauty and joy and happiness around us. And homelessness is not a beautiful, happy thing. And so it's, it's really getting up the courage to say, I'm going to expose myself to the realities of what homelessness, homelessness is. Homelessness is just an analogy. There is no shortage of things that require risk-taking mission and service. And by risk, I keep talking about risk, but I don't mean by this that we're out putting ourselves in, in danger of getting harmed or putting our lives in danger or doing something stupid. I don't want you to get out there and do something stupid, right? Like, uh, you know, head off to Egypt and jump in the middle of this thing, right? Uh, that would be a little foolhardy. Risk-taking steps into greater uncertainty, a higher possibility of discomfort, resistance, or sacrifice. 
That's what risk-taking is. Risk-taking mission and service takes people into ministries that push them out of their comfort zone, stretching them beyond the circle of their own relationships and practice that routinely define their own faith community. God uses these ministries to expose church members, you and me, to people and situations and needs that they would never ordinarily encounter and that reveal to them spiritual qualities and practical talents that apart from their deliberate intention of serving Christ, they would never otherwise discover. The most poignant of Jesus' teachings and practices were costly demonstrations of unexpected love that transformed lives, that transformed families, that transformed communities and the world. This is our calling, to transform lives, to touch and move and, and revive families, to transform Salt Lake City into the new creation God talks about, and to transform our world through sacrificial demonstrations of unexpected love. Like all the practices we have been talking about, this one is one that involves action. And I invite you to commit to participating in one of these life-transforming activities throughout this year. Give yourself a year where you do at least one risk-taking mission and service. And i got to tell you, the mission team of this church has so many opportunities for practicing risk-taking mission and service. There's, there's so much that's gone on. Wasatch Community Gardens. We, we hand out hot chocolate to BYU fans. Now that's taking risks, right? <laughs> Crossroads Urban Center. What a great ministry goes on down there. And we've partnered with them in accomplishing their goals. Ronald McDonald House, where we just bring a, a hot meal to people who are hurting. Sarah Daft Home, right next door. Family Promise, a place that houses homeless people for a time and gives them some stability and, and ability to get their act together. Good Shepherd Program, uh, Water to the Thirsty Downtown, small things and big things. And I, I want you to think back. If you have not been involved in one of the mission service projects here at the church, and i I got to tell you, there's a lot of you who haven't. It's been a pretty small group that has been doing a lot of the mission work in the church. If you haven't been involved in it, I challenge you. I even beg you. Pick one. Go check it out. Try it. Stretch yourself. Let yourself be challenged. I promise you, you will grow. You will know things of yourself that you didn't know before. And you will see the face of Christ in the people you encounter who are different than yourself, but are the ones that Jesus brought to us. And we've been brought to them. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we have been challenged by your word. 
live out the just, equitable reign of God. You've called us to do our part to transform our community so that it reflects the love you have for all people. Help us to know how to be ambassadors of your word, to be the hands and feet of Christ to a hurt and broken world around us. We ask these things in the precious and powerful name of Christ. Amen.